J.C. Corcoran Podcast. The A-List Interview with J.C. and the Morning Show Graham. Here we are with Robin Williams. Well, when my field rep back in St. Louis told me about this movie over the phone, I didn't quite understand it, and I thought she said the movie was called Wet Dreams May Come, yeah. starring Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah, and then shaving Robin's private. So what is it? I'm Golden Blonde. I'm Golden Blonde, movie. yes. Yeah, Primal Rear. We have yeah. Robin. <laughs> well, Romancing <it's> the Bone. <laughs> I am the plumber. I am here to fix your pipes. And come on, just act! Yeah, I wonder if they have, like, porno movie acting coaches. Sweetheart, I love that moment. I know there's not a lot of blood flow in the head right now. Let's just try and remember our lines. Here's my idea for a fucking sport and knock a ball in a gopher hole oh you mean like pool fuck off pool that was a straight stick with a little fucked up stick a whack a ball that goes in a gopher hole oh you mean like croquet fuck croquet I put the whole hundreds of yards away oh fuck out yeah it's great fun there horse stomps elderly woman. <laughs> wow. Uh, here's a great story uh, from St. Louis. Little Tommy says a 60-year-old woman was knocked down Friday night when she was hit by a police horse, bolted into a saloon on the St. Louis River. This mounted policeman was uh, sitting on his horse in front of the Muddy Waters Tavern. And some drunk stuck a pin in his horse's rear end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Horse uh, naturally was startled, bolted right through the open doors of the tavern, and uh, ran right over this 60-year-old woman, knocked her to the floor. But she's going to be okay. Oh, wow. Now, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous, don't be rocky, you're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before? It's like deja vu all over again. You never know who might be out there listening to the J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. How you doing, kids? It's me. 
I was inspired to play Robin Williams today because my daughter, who turns 14 later this week, is a big fan of Mrs. Doubtfire, and she just found out that I had the opportunity to interview Robin Williams it was like four or five times over the course of his career and the years that I was doing television interviews for movies you know, out in California and mostly in New York. And she was very, very impressed. The only problem is I couldn't play her that <laughs> that clip for reasons that should be obvious. Either one of those clips, as a matter of fact, sometimes I would just start Robin Williams up and then I could just lay back in my chair and just let him talk for 10 minutes. And he would just go on and on and on like that sometimes we would actually improvise together there's the thing once we were doing about uh, preachers about televangelists that's what it was we were starting to talk about uh, Ernest Angeli and all the bad hair and all that sort of stuff and we were going back and forth back and forth it was like I was John Ritter in that very first HBO special back in the early 1980s that Robin Williams said we dragged John Ritter up on stage I mean I'm sitting there going I can't believe this I'm riffing with Robin Williams but then he would turn on a dime, you know, you, you'd be laughing and just spitting up, you know, and then you'd bring up some sort of subject that would make him turn serious. And it was like, all of a sudden you're talking to a different person. He did a movie with Tim Robbins called Cadillac Man back in the day about a guy who takes a hostage inside of a Cadillac dealership. And it was not a particularly good movie, but we started talking about it a little bit. It turned out that Robin Williams' father at one point in his life was a car salesman. And Robin Williams' face just went stone cold and he became very, very serious talking about this whole idea that his father would come home just beaten up at the end of the day by people who would go into buy a car, what would haggle and just fight with them and you're trying to sell cars you know you can't say to somebody you're full of shit you can't have the car for half price you know that sort of stuff but he was a fascinating guy he was a fascinating guy and that's probably the way to do it too you know you get diagnosed with the thing that he had you don't want to put your family and your friends and everybody or yourself through that Oh, I wish I could remember the name of this guy. He's the guy after which the street where Channel 9 used to be. Yeah, they named the street after him. Oh, why can't I remember this guy's name? Anyhow, a couple of years back, actually, as I think about it now, it's probably more like 20. But about 20 years ago, apparently this guy got a diagnosis. He drove his car out to the, I think it was the Blanchett Bridge, and just threw himself off. They found his car sitting right there with the door open. I think that's the way you should do it. Now, it's odd that we'd be talking about this because yesterday we were talking about Alan Barklage and the fact that, you know, he'd be flying around doing traffic reports in the morning, doing our traffic reports, doing reports for Channel 5, the whole thing. And like once every 10 or 15 years, somebody would make a suicide attempt in St. Louis and just throw themselves off a bridge. And there was one of those times where Alan's flying around doing traffic and he gets the police scanner thing and he hears that uh, somebody is uh, attempting suicide. And as we know from research that they've done with these people, because not everybody who attempts suicide is successful. And the people who attempt suicide and are not successful oftentimes are interviewed by police and psychologists and therapists and to a man. They all say once they hit the water, they think to themselves, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't want to die after all. 
And so Alan's flying around one morning, and, and he hears about this, flies over, sees the person flailing in the water. The person reaches up and grabs the bottom of the, you know, the helicopter skids, you know, the feet that you land on. Alan pulls him out of the water, drags him over to land, and then flies off and doesn't miss a traffic report. But it also reminds me of, every once in a while, radio stations will say, we, it doesn't happen that much anymore, but it used to be the case a lot in the 80s and 90s. Radio stations would sponsor a movie screening. Okay, on Thursday night, we're going to show you the new Robin Williams movie, Beat the 15th Collar, right now. And then people would call and you'd get a pass and you'd go there and you'd get to see a free movie. It's a screening and you got to see the movie before everybody else. And this was probably around 85, maybe, maybe 86. I'm going to have to look some of this up because I, I, I don't remember a lot about the movie for reasons that will become obvious here in a minute. Yeah, here it is. 1986. Married banker Jack Dundee, played by Robin Williams, has lived his life regretting a botched play he made in high school in a football game. His friend, played by Kurt Russell, who threw the pass on and on and on and on it goes. Who else was in this? Kirk Cameron. So anyhow, we do the screening, I guess it was the next day, one of our on-air radio personalities describes the movie as one of the best movies he's ever seen in his life. And I'm driving along like, what did you just say? Average American sees about a half a dozen movies a year. And those movies tend to be the big blockbuster things that you see commercials for and a big splash on entertainment tonight and inside Hollywood and all those shows. But for God's sakes, even if you've only seen six movies a year for your adult life, you should know that The Best of Times, which, by the way, received a 31 out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 31, not only could that not be one of the best movies you've ever seen in your life, it's not even the best Robin Williams movie that had come out to that point. And it's just sort of a reminder that you have to know something about the person who is recommending anything to you. We just had that happen a couple of weeks ago where the, I kept hearing things about this Mexican restaurant in our neighborhood. We had never been there. So one night I'm driving past the restaurant as some people are coming out and I just stopped and I rolled down the window. I go, hey, I hear a lot about this place. Is it any good? They're like, oh my God, it's the best. This is the best Mexican restaurant we've ever been to. I'm like, all right, great. Thanks. So about a week later we go and I won't say it was dog food, but it wasn't very good. And it made me sad. It makes me sad when people have limited their perspective to the point where, you know, they think they think one of the worst movies ever made is one of the best they've ever seen. Or where have you been eating? Taco Bell? That's the only Mexican food you've ever eaten in your life? Well, then I guess, yeah, this restaurant would probably be the best Mexican restaurant you've ever been to because you haven't been to any others. Got to be careful who you take advice from. There is a lot of football news today, and I'm not talking about stuff that's necessarily on the field. So where do you want to start? Miami Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard reportedly has four different women pregnant. Most professional football players I know are tired at the end of the day, and they're sore, and they just can't wait to get some sleep. Not this guy. Also, we got Kim Kardashian reportedly hanging out with Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. What could possibly go wrong there? 
The XFL and the USFL are merging, so now you cannot watch them both at the same time. And as a lot of you know, I lived in Buffalo, New York for a couple of years. This is a Buffalo Bills fan. Well, a Buffalo Bills fan on drugs. A Bills fan missed the home opener on Sunday because he was found outside the stadium in a 35-foot deep hole at a construction site, naked and covered in excrement. Miraculously, he only had a cut on his forehead. Oh, I think his injuries went a little further than that. Well, we were talking about this the other day, and first time I can remember anything like this happening was with Jackson Brown. I used to think to myself, especially with a song like In the Shape of a Heart, and you think to yourself, how did he get inside my brain? How did Jackson fucking Brown get inside my head? And of course, we all know the story. I don't don't know precisely what happened between him and uh, his girlfriend at the time, Daryl Hannah. I only know she ended up in the emergency room with some sort of an injury or a black eye or something like that. And by the way, I said black eye, not black guy. Not like OJ gave her a ride to the emergency room. Uh, Anyhow, it really ruined my appreciation of his music. And I'm sorry. I'm just a human being. I react to things like that. He's not the sensitive guy that I thought he was, you know, based on his songwriting and his performing. Well, now you got Eric Clapton. It was just in St. Louis a couple of days ago. I've interviewed Eric Clapton, thoroughly enjoyed it. I've met him a couple of times, thoroughly enjoyed it. And then you start hearing these stories about these racist tirades from on stage. He's got thousands of people watching him do the music, and he's up there espousing racism. And now in the last couple of years, we find out also that he's an anti-vaxxer. And now he just raised $2.2 million for Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign. And if you know anything about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., aside from the fact that he's got a really fucked up voice. God, I've been having a lot of vocal trouble lately, but I don't sound like that. And he is way, way out there in the ionosphere on this vaxxing or anti-vaxxing thing. Eric Clapton's just, uh, you know, trying to destroy his legacy. And then... We've been uh, talking about this for a couple of days now because it keeps popping up in the news, and that's Bill Maher. Bill Maher seems absolutely intent on ruining his career. Now he's uh, fighting with Howard Stern, and that's a bad fight to get into. Bill Maher didn't even have a show right now. Howard Stern's on every day, and he's got millions of listeners, and that's not the kind of guy you want to piss off. And best of all, it seems self-inflicted what Bill Maher is doing to himself especially with this thing involving Howard Stern. He went after Stern's wife. Howard apparently was on the air the other day talking about his wife of 15 years, talking about how crazy he is about this wife. And Bill Maher comes along and says, well, how does this gushing about the second wife, how does that make his first wife feel? Could we just not gush about the person while the other person can still hear it? That seems like a dumb fight to get into. You say something nice about somebody... And it's usually a pretty good idea to say things publicly about your wife that are nice. That 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 you know that could usually come back to you in spades. And Mar, of course, who's never been married, takes issue with it. It doesn't make any sense. What a dumb fight to get into. And Stern just you know the other day said Bill Maher should shut his fucking mouth. Vanna White's lawyer made a really good case the other day in trying to negotiate more money for his client. He's like, look, Pat Sajak and Vanna White walk out together. And they've been walking out together for 
what is it, 40 years now? He makes $15 million a year. She makes $3 million a year and hasn't had a raise in 18 years. They just gave her a little bump to hang on for the show. Nicolas Cage, already getting awards chatter for his upcoming dark comedy called Dream Scenario. He plays a normal guy who randomly starts appearing in people's dreams. It comes out in November. Bijou Phillips divorcing Danny Masterson after he was sentenced to 30 years to life for rape. But she pointed out he was a wonderful father and he was great to our, he was great to our daughter. Except for all the rape stuff, he's a wonderful guy. Here's me right here in the early days. Carlos Santana had a hard time getting along with his musicians because they were all pot smokers and he wasn't. So one night they rolled a huge joint and they just left it with him. And he finally got around to smoking it. And now, this was a conversation I had with Carlos Santana a couple of years ago. Apparently he's come around. I've been to quite a few Santana concerts and there's a lot of pot in the audiences at your shows. And we're watching the legalization of pot. I think it's up to like 21 states right now. What's your position on all that, considering your fans tend to imbibe quite a bit? Well, you know, as I said before, there's drugs which man makes in a laboratory, and there's medicine that Mother Nature makes on the ground. I guess I'm going to take a shot here and say, you're one of those people like me who does not even classify marijuana as a drug. Absolutely not. Photosynthesis, a light beam that tells plants what color, what flavor, what, what symmetry to be. This, when uh, petals or, or roots, when, when you boil these things and you drink them, it can heal your lungs, your kidneys, your pancreas, you know. So, so curanderos, the healers, knew something beyond the European mind. When they came, they saw this as worship, uh, devil worshiping, and the first thing they killed when they came to America was the healers. They call them witch doctors. So it goes back for a long time. I think that marijuana, uh, uh, peyote, ayahuasca, all those things were given to us by Mother Nature for us to open the doors of perception. <laughs> like I said, it sounds like he's come around from not even smoking a joint to bringing up a couple of things that you can ingest that I didn't even know about. While we are on music, it was 50, oh my God, 50 years ago today, 1973, Jim Croce, his lead guitarist, and four others died when their plane crashed into a tree while taking off for a concert in Sherman, Texas. He was only 30 years old. Cosby Show debuted on NBC on this date in 1984. Now, I remember as a kid in grade school, listening to Bill Cosby comedy albums, and I never really thought he was that funny. But everybody seemed to be listening to Cosby albums like Why Is There Error? Everybody remember that album? Now fast forward to, I believe it was 1991, and Bill Cosby has come into St. Louis, and he's going to perform in front of the largest crowd he's ever performed in front of. Sorry, I just ended a sentence and a preposition. Anyhow, please forgive me. So, that's going to happen on a Saturday night, and so Saturday afternoon, I arranged to go over to Bill Cosby's hotel and do an interview with him for television and radio, and we sit down, and we're chit-chatting, and we're just having a good old time, and now, remembering what was going to eventually come out that would lead to his demise, listen to this little clip that at the time 
I didn't make much of. Bill, regardless of what kind of performer, musician, comedian, down through the years, all the performers who have spent so much time on the road and time in hotels have been subject to controversy because they get caught up with booze or drugs or women. How is it that we never read about Bill Cosby ever getting into any of that kind of stuff? Well, because they just haven't printed it yet. <laughs> we got a scoop, Bill? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know, but I, you know, I think that if they wanted to, the, you know, press could go out and find sources that have that would make it close enough to make it the story. Yeah, I think the press probably got close enough. Bill Cosby Show debuted on this date in 1984. Also in 1984, Who's the Boss debuted on ABC and made Alyssa Milano a household name. She is a very, very exceptionally attractive female specimen who also loves baseball but have you ever seen a close-up picture of her if she's wearing like some sort of sleeveless outfit have you seen the hair on her arms my god she looks like she has buckwheat in a headlock is it at the point listen where you just look so damn great that people stop telling you how great you look no you never get tired you never get tired of it but i don't always feel it so sometimes it's nice to hear you have one of the great bodies in show business i think let it go (laughs) let it go i'm afraid it's too late for that (laughs) i was single at the time i might have had a shot i might have had a shot oh there's that line in When Harry Met Sally where Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher are in bed together. They've just been on the phone with Harry and Sally, and she looks over to Bruno Kirby and says, promise me I'll never have to be out there again. And he says, you'll never have to be out there again. People still dating, even though the entire dating experience has changed, and it also changes depending on what socioeconomic group you're in. When you're a kid in high school and you're a boy, you got to go over, you got to probably at least meet the parents once. And if not, you go to pick up the girl for the date. And usually they arrange to have her stuffed away somewhere for about five or 10 minutes while dad comes out and just make sure you're not a psychopathic homicidal maniac. Now everything's done online. Hardly anybody meets in person anymore. People are talking about the weirdest dating requirements they have. And by the way, if you got a list of dating requirements, I got news for you. You're already off many people's lists. Nobody wants to be with somebody who's got a a list of dating requirements. Here's some of the stuff in the list. They have to like frogs. They can't have a dog because I don't want to get up on the weekend morning with a hangover and need to do stuff. Not having the same name or a close family member like a mom, dad, or sibling, or a kid, I guess, if you're a single parent. They can't eat the last pickle or put the empty jar back in the fridge. No flip-flops on dudes. My rule is I pay for myself every step of the way until we decide to become a couple. Then we can split the bills or whatever we choose. They have to be able to cook, even if it's just quick and easy meals. It's okay to be lazy and order takeout, but for every meal, huge red flag. No picky eaters. They can't use the phrase, work hard, play hard. No vanity license plates. No cat people, no horse people. No wonder you're still single. In a new survey, 7 in 10 people said they'd drink more water if it tasted better. The top preferred flavor would be blueberry followed by lime. Blueberry? 
man in Australia sued a hospital because he claims he suffered a psychotic illness after watching his wife deliver a baby via C-section. He wasn't forced to watch, but he was permitted to observe the delivery. He is asking for I think, a reasonable amount of compensation, $642 million in damages. I think I should get at least that much when I accidentally stumbled upon, like, was the Discovery Channel or something, and they were popping pimples. You ever see that show? I want $642 million, but I'd settle for free cable. YouTube played Bush Stadium on this day back in 1992. Sandra Bernhardt, remember her? She was Madonna's girlfriend for a while. She was fantastic in a movie called The King of Comedy. It's a uh, lesser-known Martin Scorsese movie that was made with Robert De Niro, and it is just fantastic. And a lot of people who are Scorsese fans still, even they don't know about this movie. You know why? Because they found out Jerry Lewis was in it. And they're like, huh? I don't want to see a Jerry Lewis movie. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, no wonder they refer to this as a cult classic. And it is too, by the way. Somebody sent me a screenshot the other day of some Van Halen tickets that they bought for the arena. I remember this back in 1984. The tickets cost a whopping $12.50. And by now, you've probably already seen the story about that guy who died at the Dolphins' New England Patriots game at Gillette Stadium over the weekend. Originally, they thought it was just some sort of medical emergency. The guy ended up dying, and then they found out that he had been punched in the head twice by a Dolphins fan. Gillette Stadium officials say they were heartbroken to learn about the death. We continue, this is a quote, we continue to work with local authorities to assist them with their ongoing investigation. We extend our sincerest sympathies and heartfelt condolences to the family and all those who are mourning his loss. Translated, don't sue us. Please don't sue us. The guy who owns the team in the stadium owns the Razor Company. He's worth billions of dollars. Don't make him sell his yacht. In the department of, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, the submarine was invented during the Civil War by an engineer for the Confederacy. His name was Horace Hundley, and he died in 1863 when he was testing one, and it sank. Are you ready for pumpkin spice butt wipes? They're now a thing. The company called Dude Wipes is selling them under the name Dumpkin Spice. I get it. I think when you have a lot, a lot, a lot of money, it makes you weird. The founder of Kodak, George Eastman, he hated that months had different numbers of days, so he made the company operate on a 13-month calendar with 28 days in each one and two left over. He called the 13th month Sol, S-O-L. It sounds crazy, but the company used that calendar from 1928 to 1989. I bet you didn't know Volkswagen has its own brand of sausage in Germany, and they sell more sausages than cars. 53-year-old man in Florida caught stealing from Walmart this week, and when the police caught up with him, he blurted out, I'm just no good at shoplifting. He had a couple of priors, so he was hit with a felony charge. 51-year-old man in Arizona arrested for domestic violence on Saturday after he threw a container full of McDonald's french fries at his wife's face. He later told the police it was either the fries or his fist. When I lived in Chesterfield, uh, there was a guy next door to me who was from China. And there was quite a bit of a language barrier. I could understand 
about every third or fourth word that Herb said to me, but he was a hell of a nice guy. One of those guys would give you the shirt off his back. If he saw you struggling with something in the backyard, he'd be over there in 10 seconds helping you out. Great guy. And we used to talk about how difficult it was learning the English language. And not just, you know, conjugating verbs and stuff, but all of the weird, you know, like idioms and things that we have in the English language. I was just thinking about one last night. So say you're from China and you come across and you're trying to learn the English language and you hear somebody say, oh, there you are. Now just think about that for a minute. There, I understand that. You are, I understand that. But there, you are, makes absolutely no sense at all. And yet, if you want to speak the English language, you got to learn stuff like that. And you have to just, I guess, look the other way because it doesn't make any sense. How about, it is what it is? Or, you know, just something as simple as, get out of here. When somebody tells you something you don't believe, get out of here. How about balls to the wall? I didn't know this one. It's actually an aviation term. The control sticks in some military planes have a grip that's shaped like a ball, and the pilots would push them all the way to the wall in front of the cockpit to go as fast as possible. That's how we got balls to the wall. And I, for one, am glad <laughs> to hear that explanation because, well, for obvious reasons. It turns out black bears are smart. A few black bears in Alaska raided a Krispy Kreme delivery van last Tuesday. They seem to like donut holes and chocolate donuts the most. Bears standing there going, uh, give me a glazed. No, no, no. Try the chocolate donuts. They're better. Meanwhile, the other bears are just eating right through the box. And you could sit here all day and you'd probably never get this answer. The best-selling items at Walmart. You think to yourself it's probably some sort of cheap clothing or shoes or flip-flops. Or maybe just something like, you know, Tylenol you know, aspirin. Some sort of basic pain reliever. Deodorant. Booze. Cokes. You wouldn't even be close. They sell more than a billion pounds of bananas every year. I don't associate Walmart shoppers with healthy living. Therefore, I am surprised. Maury Povich launching an at-home paternity test company called The Results Are In. He says, quote, I've seen firsthand how DNA testing can change lives, oh yeah, and bring families together. Oh, that's exactly what it usually does. We're making it easier and more affordable, end quote. And 10% of people in Japan are now over the age of 80. In a related story, CBS announced plans to make NCIS Tokyo. <laughs> and with that, the J.C. Crockman podcast for Wednesday, September 20th, 2023 is in the can. We are here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at jconline.com. Spread the word if you can. You can contact me, jc at jconline.com. Facebook, The Showgram with J.C. Corcoran. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.